0: We have achieved Waveform. Oh, dun, wow. Dun, dun, Is g back?
1: Oh, my God. The return. <laughs> that's my guy right there. I'm so glad you could all join us today.
0: We are back uh, to a two-bear podcast. That's uh, right. <laughs> I think
2: I had to invite them each individually, but I noticed uh, in the menu that I could in- manually invite g and I was like, ah, I'll give it a shot. Motherfucker's back.
1: He's back. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah. That rocks. Uh, Get rid of non-video participants. I only want to see my friends. (laughs) These robots are not my friends.
1: Oh, there's a way to do that? Right click on the the
2: screen. And then scroll down. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. My life just improved. (laughs) (laughs) You ever have that happen? And I didn't even need a union for this one. They probably still would have helped uh but (laughs) this was an easy fix
2: are you kidding me we this we're uh we're a worker owned project
0: you know yeah we're we're a a co-op let's
1: be clear (laughs) that there is a distinction and a difference
0: that's right Podcasters Local 42069. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> What's
1: that? I, was, I was listening to my, like, the, you know, those mixes that Spotify makes for you. Uh, mine have been getting really, like, laser focused. I don't know if it's just because I've been making a lot of playlists recently or what. But, like, Spotify is really figuring out what songs I want to listen to. And they threw a new band at me uh, that I had seen before but never listened to called Fellers Union Local something. <laughs> I don't remember the number. Uh, and it was pretty... Good, pretty funny music, kind of like a Butthole Surfers meets They Might Be Giants kind of vibe. If that makes any (laughs) sense at all, okay. Uh, But yeah, that was just what I was listening to this week, and it was pretty good. It was pretty
2: funny. I mean, for uh, (laughs) like if we're doing classic music references, the new Giraffes Giraffes album sounds like Alice in Chains plus uh, fucking
0: battles. Uh, Hell yeah! (laughs) I was not. I was not ready to hear them actually singing on that album. I was very surprised.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't really ready for that either. I, I also saw a post from uh, Ken, the drummer, because, you know, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: no big deal.
1: <laughs> no big deal. Uh, just one of my heroes from high school. But um, he, he apparently is going to school for music composition now. Which is like crazy because that guy is already like an insanely good music composer, uh, and he's also devised his own like extensive series of shorthands, and he used to post. Photos of the pieces of paper he uses To chart out Giraffes giraffe songs And it looked insane, it looked like Serial killer scrawlings, or like Guattari's, <laughs> like diagrams of the Unconscious, or like, you know, one of those Just a, a chart that just makes your head Like, you spin, and you're like, is this Acemic writing? Like, what's happening out no,
2: here? <laughs> I cannot wait for the fucking Indie game with the Giraffes Giraffes Soundtrack.
0: Oh yeah, that's what I'm Ready for. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 17 <laughs> Yeah, th- the math rock
1: one uh, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Finally, oh, I get <laughs> to hear Tim Ormelos in a mall level. <laughs> everybody your favorite niche music review show uh hosted by several anthony fantanos in a trench coat uh we are entirely (laughs) listener supported so thank you so much for any money you might be throwing us on patreon it goes a long way to supporting the show if you're not in the discord already get in there i've told you a million times uh if you're a patron and you don't have your stickers yet just message us on patreon and remember to leave us a five-star review anywhere that you think it will help uh
2: I'll send stickers to anywhere on the planet. I cannot send stickers off the planet, but, you know, as long as you're here, you're, you, I'll, I'll send them.
1: Yeah, so if you're one of those people who bought a square inch of Scottish soil so you can call yourself a lord, we will mail it to that square inch of Scottish soil, and you can put the sticker on it. It might even be too big. Um <laughs> But uh, we're going to start by following up with the Sri Lankan workers who have stormed the presidential palace in their country and forced the entire government to resign. If you've been on Twitter today or this week, I don't know when you're listening to this. You've probably seen some pretty interesting photos of some of the hundred thousand Sri Lankan citizens who took part in this action, including some who were watching news coverage of themselves on the president's TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that rocked. Yeah, the the coverage of this was so wild to see. I mean, folks it, who, you know, listeners will be aware, we, we covered this over the last couple of months as there have been, you know, further escalating protests. This is a very, very quick recap. Um, the Sri Lankan economy, since the pandemic started, has really tanked through a combination of the tourism industry uh, basically disappearing because of travel bans and then because of massive mismanagement by the capitalist class there, which has led to huge out of control inflation like food prices have doubled there's no gas like in the country it's it's all rationed because the country literally ran out of foreign reserves and had to oh. default on its debt
2: but they but they have a plan and <laughs> it was to consult with the IMF to privatize oh. the economy in exchange for loans the, inter-
1: yeah. <laughs> the international <laughs> mismanagement fund <laughs> I mean yeah,
0: I mean that's the 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 classic, you know, capitalism loves a crisis or like oh boy, it really sucks that you have this problem with your economy. We'd love to help. Just You know, sell us all of your natural resources. Yeah, I mean, I
1: know when I'm in dire financial straits, there's nothing I love more than to have all of my resources taken away and to be given a very predatory loan. That's just (laughs) that's how you get out of a hole for real.
0: Yeah, I mean, just just for an example for folks on the sorts of uh, assistance that the IMF provides. Like, you could just look at basically uh, any country in Africa that's accepted IMF mm-hmm. loans. Like, for instance, Sudan, who 80% of their remaining outstanding debt, mostly two countries that are part of the IMF, 80% of it is just interest payments. Now, the princi- not the principal, because these loans are purely predatory. They serve to basically... Lash countries of the global south Into permanent servitude To creditor nations Mostly the United States Um, Yep And so But the, the people of Sri Lanka Basically decided Look we gave you guys a chance Like They protested about a month ago And forced the prime minister Out of office and so the president who they had asked to resign was like okay look i'm not gonna resign because fuck that but i'll appoint a new prime minister and then you guys can stop protesting and the people of sri lanka gave him a few weeks and when they're they use those few weeks to just try and continue you know selling all the country's public assets to basically the united states the people are just like, Okay, nah that's not working for us. Fuck this. And so right. yeah, this weekend, literally a hundred thousand people like protested outside the presidential palace. The police tried to use tear gas and water cannons to stop them. But if you have a crowd of a hundred thousand people that doesn't really do anything. So (laughs) yeah, the, the people, you know, forced their way into the palace and the the president go to Rajapaksa was forced to flee. Uh, And, and basically immediately after this, the, both the president and the prime minister, the newly appointed one announced like, look, okay, fine. We get it. (laughs) We resign. Please do not, you know, please don't kill us. Um, and, and along with the rest of their government. So, yeah, you had all these incredible pictures and videos of the people who of Sri Lanka just, like, hanging out in the presidential palace, lounging around, like, <laughs> running on the treadmill in the gym there. Taking a dip like, in the pool. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's great stuff. It's the, it's supposedly, you know, it's the people's palace. I don't really see why like anybody like thinks that's a bad thing.
2: And I believe there was also a photo of some guy who said that he like rolled up a joint and was smoking (laughs) it while storming the palace. That
0: was pretty rad. Yeah, the the Reddit post that was like context: we are overthrowing the current government was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was very funny. Um, Which
1: and, and also just like it, it's really cool to see the actual power of the people exerted in this way. Like absolutely. we 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 saw this like first as farce here in the United States when a bunch of dumb right wing chuds were like, "I smoked weed at the Capitol. That means we beat." the government or some shit like that. And then these three Lankans who are like, no, you overthrow the government first, then you've smoked the joint. Like, it's really simple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is obviously extremely cool that, you know, the people stood up to their oppressive government that ruined their economy and has thrown them into this crisis where there's a huge deficit of just basic goods like food and fuel. People haven't been paid in months in a lot of critical industries. And it's good, it's really good to see the people be like, look, we've had it and we're gonna change this shit. <laughs> like, we're not just gonna let this keep going on. The, the, the issue, the thing that I worry about now though is that, at least with, you know, what I've been able to glean, I'm certainly not an expert on Sri Lankan history or politics, mostly getting a lot of this information from People's Dispatch, which is a fantastic uh, source for all this. I think the question now, though, is what who's going to step into the vacuum now to to become the new ruling power? Because most of the opposition parties in Sri Lanka that have any real, like, major penetration, like in the parliament or anything, are, while they're, you know, not necessarily the, like family patronage regime of the rajapaksas that the the former governing party the just thrown out of power was they're still basically mainstream liberal parties and so i don't necessarily know that there's a powerful force offering an alternative vision for how to like rebuild sri lanka's economy so if even if you know we you get rid of the folks that directly cause the problem, which is excellent and fantastic, the thing that I worry about is that if there isn't an organized people's movement, some form of left party, a communist party, socialist party, I don't know, even some fucking social Democrats that are just like, Hey, the answer to this crisis is not selling the country for parts in order to get loans and is actually in fact doing the opposite of that and taking over more of the privatized sectors so that we can stop having, you know, profits get leached out to a couple of families and instead actually have these things run in a rational manner. if that sort of thing doesn't emerge, I worry that, like, the Sri Lanka could just get thrown back into the same situation it was already in, just with a different liberal party with the reins. Yeah, if
2: people have been listening for a long time, they might remember the first time we covered this that I put in the uh, actual cover art for that episode, some photos of people carrying, uh, you know, revolutionary figures down the road, though I think that that might be the only image that we've ever seen of, like, an actual, like, left... Uh, you know, group doing something necessarily. And I'm not to say that it doesn't exist, but it doesn't exist to the point where we would be able to find it easily, which is really what Dan's pointing out here is the worrisome nature of basically capitalists are going to come in and continue the process, maybe with, uh, you know, one of them, what I call smiley face stickers.
0: Yeah. So uh, obviously we'll continue to watch this situation as it develops. Hopefully the country remains in the cool zone and, and we actually see some real systemic change that can, can bring the Sri Lankan people out of this. Uh, but either way, you know, as things happen, as, as changes occur for the workers, we'll definitely try and keep folks posted.
2: Yeah. Well, and with our next follow up, we're going to be going to Planned Parenthood, where we had covered the we expected, oh, maybe Planned Parenthood isn't going to be anti-union. Well, they, in fact, were anti-union, but it did not matter because the workers in Massachusetts that were voted voted overwhelmingly in a fucking landslide victory to join uh, 1199 SEIU, which is actually one of the best SEIU, SEIU locals that exists in this country.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And and, this, and when we say in a landslide, we mean 92 to 1. So yeah, as close some, to unanimous as you can get. <laughs>
0: somehow that Ithaca Starbucks manager managed to <laughs> show up at this uh, Planned Parenthood election and can get that one no vote in there. But everybody else was very much on board with the union, which is great to see. I mean, you, you love to see a near unanimous win. Uh, yeah, so... This new bargaining unit is going to represent about 200 workers spread over several clinics in Boston, Springfield, Marlborough, and Worcester. And the things, you know, the workers here have pointed out, to is that, like, now that the country is split into states where abortion is legal and states where abortion is illegal, there I mean, despite all of the insane legal ploys in many of those states, there is still likely to see a flood of... You know, folks seeking reproductive health care from states where it's now illegal. And so when these workers already had really difficult working conditions, without a union, that was probably only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, now the workers have an opportunity to have a real say in how things are run at the Planned Parenthood clinics. So, like, we have a quote here from Kara Callahan, who's a nine-year veteran with uh, one of the clinics there, say, who told Vice, Right now, we don't get a lot of good news in this type of work. So it was definitely really wonderful for this to happen and to happen on the scale that it did. For it to be as wide of a margin as it was, I think, was just an extra reinforcement.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's really huge. And and you got to think like these workers are probably as equally as demoralized as they are like mobilized at this moment right. by this stuff. I mean, like it's got to be really, really hard suffering the barrage of incredibly bad news. So the fact that they're going to get an opportunity right now, uh, especially to to force an increase in hiring to cut down on just being overworked and burned out at work all the time is going to be massive for them. And Callahan Continues saying, uh, this victory reinforces that there's a tremendous amount of power when workers come together. Unionizing has been a way for us to invest in each other and gain some control over what our workplace looks like, especially given the climate we are in. This ensures we can center our patients and make sure they get the quality care they need and deserve, which is like really big and something that you see from from workers in all kinds of healthcare fields. Which is that, like at the end of the day, what they're concerned about. next to you know themselves and their fellow workers is also the patients like they're they're just as concerned about them as anyone else in the equation
0: and and that's the thing that makes to me i mean uh, to the the opposition to the union from planned parenthood Mm -hmm. just so extra frustrating because this is the thing you because obviously you know this uh, this worker cara callahan very well spoken but you can i feel like you can you could hear this sort of take from any worker there which is one of those things that I'm like. If you're plant paranoid, isn't this exactly what your message is supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And yet, when these workers, you know, go to file for their union, they they come up with, a, oh no, you don't. Oh, you're so you're so pretty. Uh, don't unionize, like- right?
2: Well, and it's like they it's they use the classic. And she was like, oh, you're you're intervening with the movement, or you're right. you're you're mm-hmm. going against what the you know we're, we're trying to help people here and you want to get in the way and it's like mm-hmm. yo no you are the one getting in the way and we are trying to make this actually work because without actual good working conditions we're going to hemorrhage workers we're not going to have enough people to actually do like provide the care that we need and you're not going to give us either of those things and we also want a couple other things that are going to improve conditions here so sit down we're going to have a discussion
1: yeah. Well, yeah. it's just hard for me to believe any organization that says that they're like trying to, to lead with this message when they, when they won't, you know, extend the, the same rights and, and courtesies and everything else to their workers. Because like, I had a more elegant way of phrasing this, but I forgot <laughs> it. We should probably just move I, on.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, it just puts the lie to the whole thing when you're like, we, we think that it's really important that we center our patients. Cause that's how right. these places always focus this sort of thing. And I'm like, It's not centering your patients if your workers are telling you that they're overworked and they're getting burned out and that's making it difficult to do their jobs when your response is, oh, well, just think about how important your mission is and not actually hiring anybody else. Yeah, well, it's like, like would, right. would
1: would you tell a lifeguard who's like, hey, look, boss, I'm falling asleep. You can't work me for 16-hour shifts. I'm not fit to save lives. And your boss turns around and is like, well, aren't you selfish? We should be focused on the <laughs> swimmers. And it's like, fuck you, man. Go fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, like, the, the consumer-based uh, ideology is just poison to even the consumers themselves and as like john would like to point out on like many occasions that you know the collective struggle is one that also brings up the individual struggle and that Mm -hmm. the idea of focusing specifically on individualism and in this case the consumer only we're actually doing a disservice to all of the people like reducing the rights of that individual in the first place
0: yeah so I mean, this is a wonderful victory to see. And and as we reported on when we first talked about this, when they were launching it, there is another portion of uh, another large group of I think about 400 workers at several clinics in, in different Midwest states, some of which I think have since like had you know, new laws passed regarding this. So it'll be, I don't know what their situation is going to be, but those workers are still voting. They, uh, I actually believe they've already started their mail-in voting process and they will find out the results on the 21st. So hopefully we see another similar landslide and we get more (laughs) unionized workers at Planned Parenthood because, I mean, as these workers pointed out, it's like they're, those clinics that can stay open are more important than ever. And it's just and it therefore it's more important that the workers there are able to provide the people that need that care the care that they need, and they can't do that if they don't have the workplace protections that a union provides right Absolutely. well, and I think
2: that that leads us perfectly into our next story, which is a little bit of a follow up on our shop floor discussion that we had done uh with the a b k microsoft uh you know the agreement to you know. Uh, what is it? Called? What is it called again? I keep forgetting. I always want to call it labor peace. It's the uh, neutrality agreement. Neutrality agreement. Right. Yeah. Right, right, Which also well, prohibits
1: the workers from even knowing who they work for. <laughs> it's so confusing <laughs> who, who this company is.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, ABK has planned a walkout which has been in support of, you know, basically uh, abortion and reproductive rights as well as trans rights. For the workers at ABK, uh, specifically because uh, they have said that basically this is what they know solves the problem. In fact, we have a quote here uh, from one of the workers who says, In the past, we have attempted to work with management to address issues of this nature, but over the past year, we've had our concerns dismissed. Demonstrations of this level have been proven to be the most effective solution to this problem. And I mean, like, hell yeah, absolutely. They're they're doing this... Uh, kind of work stoppage, walkout kind of thing in response to this. And they have a list of demands which are pretty uh actually awesome and and really great example of the intersectionality that is required during this incredible or this really important fight for the rights of of pregnant people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So their their demands list is really really strong. It starts off with a banger, which is uh, oh, well. the header is walk out to end gender gender inequity, which is really good. And then point one: all ABK employees must have the option to choose fully remote work for positions which are impossible to operate outside of a physical office, such as facilities. Employees must have the option to relocate to an office in a safe state or country. Wow. So yeah, I suppose this is uh, also really important for international workers because conditions from state to state can be unpredictable enough
2: right well, that's also that's also like a covid protection i mean that's, yes that's really cool too
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and it continues with like point two all abk employees currently residing in locations passing discriminatory legislation must be offered relocation assistance to a safe state or country Uh, Point three, ABK must provide cost of living adjustments to the compensation of employees who relocate to a safe state or country to avoid discriminatory legislation. Because that's a really important thing. Because it's one thing to be like, if you work, if they have an office, I don't know, say in uh, Oklahoma, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll relocate you to San Diego. Like you you can't just pay them the same salary they were making in somewhere where the average rent is like, a third of what it is in the spot that they're moving to well and to pay the actual moving costs because to
2: uproot your life and move to another state is incredibly expensive on top of that and especially if you were in need of care or you knew you might be in need of care i mean all of these different funds for that sort of care is very important
1: yeah well and also speaking of covering travel costs i mean uh number four A B K must ensure that our health insurance partner continues to cover transgender and reproductive health care, including abortion for employees that must travel to receive this life saving health care. A B K must cover all travel expenses, which is huge.
0: Yeah. And that's a big one because like one of the things the workers pointed out is that after, you know, the, over the last couple of months with all of the, you know, escalating attack on, on, on gender oppressed folks, one of the things that Activision was like, no, no, look, we care about you. We're going to offer you a $4,000 reimbursement benefit for out-of-state medical care.
2: Reimbursement? I mean, that means that you have to have the money in the first place.
0: Yeah. Just pay the... I should just be able to tell them to bill
1: you. Like that's <laughs> yeah. regardless of what kind of services I need. Let's be real.
0: Like, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. What is that study that goes around all the time with the number just going up and up and up of like the percentage of Americans who couldn't cover like a $500 emergency. Right. Like, car repair or, or whatever so that but they're just like just come up with four thousand dollars to travel across the country and we'll pay you back it's save like, your
1: receipts yeah yeah
0: like no, no nobody has that much money <laughs> Like, right yeah well and then
2: number five is management must immediately and transparently enact plans to allow relocation from locations which are passing anti-abortion anti-lgbtq plus or any other uh demonstrably discriminatory legislation And I did not know that they were uh, paying for people to move out of the United States.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just like, we are demanding that you relocate the company to Cuba. It's not that far away, so it shouldn't really be that hard. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, we joke, but I mean, really,
2: there are uh, certain states where specifically like, more egregious uh, legislation is being passed against uh queer folks and 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 uh pregnant people and many other forms of discrimination uh people of color and all that so i mean i i don't know i imagine that this is uh going to be one that the management is going to specifically fight against pretty
0: hard mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then it, so it continues employees must be included in the audit report requested by shareholders to make sure that our sexual harassment audit was conducted fairly and exhaustively. And that one probably won't pop out to people as a big one, but I think it's really important because one of the things that they've constantly pointed out is that like, this uh, so much of of the the union movement there was prompted by the horrific you know culture of sexual harassment and just sexual assault that was so prevalent at activision and there are of course multiple lawsuits, including ones from the state uh against activision right now for those practices but then like i think it was just a couple of weeks ago activision puts out this internal report that is just like activision has investigated itself and found no wrongdoing yeah. <laughs> like, yeah
1: well and it's like show us the investigation which is a really really good demand uh from these workers and just like any situation where they tell you like oh it's not in the budget well show me the budget ask for the documents every time that's right. you know
0: yeah, and and because like it's very easy for the shareholders to be like, well, we requested an investigation and we got the investigation and the investigation says things are fine. And then you look at the investigation and it doesn't talk to a single actual worker. It's just like the VP of marketing and like HR people. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, And then number
2: seven is ABK leadership must agree to hold regular meetings with membership of the worker led uh, committee against sex and gender discrimination, which is just saying, hey, we have a union and we have committees within our union and you have to meet with us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as you were saying, the last one. ABK must sign a labor neutrality agreement like Microsoft did recently so that we can freely organize our workplace and bargain for concessions like this in a legally binding contract. So obviously, you know, we have our reservations about Microsoft's neutrality agreement. But as we discussed on that episode, uh, which I definitely recommend folks uh, check out, uh, I think it's a, I think it was a pretty good discussion. But one of the things we talked about that we think that w- like unions can do in that situation is basically just press full on it's like oh you're gonna we're gonna bring out this neutrality agreement and claim that you're fine with the unions fine we'll call your bluff <laughs> like then exactly. the, we're gonna we're gonna form unions everywhere and so i like that they're they're just like oh you guys want to get bought by microsoft so much well look at this policy they just enacted if you really want to be part of microsoft so much shouldn't you have one of these too right
2: yeah well and that's the the list that they put together for this particular issue and it's really awesome and they're doing this walkout uh in in support of these Uh, demands. And I really hope that they get all of them, but I mean, we'll see exactly how it comes out. But um, I guess in an interview with uh, the uh, Jacob Wolf report, which I don't actually know, I don't know if I've heard uh, of that particular news outlet, but uh, organizer Jessica Gonzalez uh, said, we are not going to be ignored anymore. And we can't just keep continuing on this, ignoring the employees and only caring about the bottom line, not caring about employee safety. And uh, I mean, I, Activision has basically not said anything at this point.
0: Yeah, like we talked about the whole thing where like a company's putting out a statement like, "Oh, we do. We feel so bad about people losing their rights." if that's all they do, then that sucks. But like Activision didn't even put out a statement about the ruling. And so like, I don't want to press too much on that. Cause it's like most of the statements from companies are relatively empty, but like the fact that they didn't even bother to do the thing that costs them nothing and takes no effort, I think does point to how seriously they take the issue, which is that they don't, which is why I think it's so good to see groups like the ABK workers Alliance doing this sort of really vital work because it's only the workers that are going to fight for these sorts of rights. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that they're holding this, this walkout on the 21st, I think is a really great way to press their advantage on this. And it really goes exactly to what we were talking about the other week, where we were talking about like, what can unions do? What should unions roles be in this? And I think this is a, this is an example to me for other unions, major unions. Like I want to see the teamsters make these demands. I want to see like SEIU make these demands because like Instead of just wasting our time being like, please donate to the political action fund so that we can donate to a bunch <laughs> of Democrats that aren't going to fucking do anything the same way they haven't done anything for the past 50 years. Like, that's a huge waste of time, whereas the, they can actually go out there and start using their power, which they have as major unions, to in demand of employers to be like, look, our workers need these rights, and we know the stupid, useless goddamn politicians aren't going to do it, so you're going to put it in the contract or we're going to go on strike.
2: Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think that uh, I encourage all the union workers out there who are listening to look at this list and bring it to your membership and see where you can adapt some of this this uh, these demands to your own demands and bring that sort of thing to your own employer. Because the only way that we're going to get these rights for everyone is to continue the, the struggle against capital and bringing, you know, all of these demands directly to the bargaining table, whether it's time for a contract or not, because the t- the time for action is now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so speaking of, you know, spreading the workers' movement and taking the fight to capital, uh, we've got another story about independent unions in Mexico, which is really dope, because now the independent union movement in Mexico, which we've talked a few stories about, but it's mostly been in, like, manufacturing, primarily, like, car parts and and, and sort of stuff in, like, the Maculadoras in, like, northern Mexico near the border— which are dope, and they 've already been winning incredible gains, but now we 're seeing the movement spread to agricultural work, which is huge because that 's such a big sector, it tends to be so disorganized and have and, and the workers in that area tend to be so extra you know beaten down and oppressed by their employers that seeing these independent unions that actually fight for workers move into that field. Ooh, that's very. It's I think it's very exciting news. Like, yeah, I mean, I listened
2: to the uh, the one of the leaders of Cynthia who was at Labor Notes, and they were talking about how there was they had a coalition of, of independent unions that fought for some new lab, uh labor legislation, which basically allowed them to get rid of a bunch of company unions. And when we go. If, One thing I don't know if we covered, I think we did, uh, when we covered the Cintia different struggles is that they actually had to kick out the company unions, which was basically Mm -hmm. not possible under the previous labor law. And so they had fought for that. They got that into the law. And at at the exact same time as getting the ability to kick out the old unions, they had created a new union, which were these independent unions. And this is a continuation of that struggle just in agriculture.
1: Yeah. interesting yeah so are these unions because i noticed that um we we talk about sinja in this one and then we've also seen cintia are the ones with sin at the beginning affiliated with one it's another
0: like, no it, it it's usually just the s is uh sindicato oh which okay is interesting yeah. spanish gotcha. for union yeah, um, and not not ja it's ha because it's spanish
1: sindha right okay <laughs>
0: um so this this story is coming out of the San Quentin Valley. Uh, in, in Northern Mexico, um, where there was a recent wave of strikes, which is something that is not super common for a lot of these like agricultural industries, both in late May and then another group at the end of June, to protest work, workers basically not being paid what they 're owed because under Mexican labor law, these like growers are obliged theoretically at least to pay a what's called the employee participation in company profits. And it's like this percentage of the profits made by the firm that are required to go back to the workers. And it's, there's like a legal formula for it, but this year it was set at 10% of the profits of the firm. But most of these companies in practice are just like, no, (laughs) it's just like, we're not going to pay that. And, so many of what unions have existed for these workers have always been associated with the CTM, the the central labor union in Mexico uh, that was dominated by the uh, PRI, which was the ruling party in Mexico for, I believe like 85 years um, and has essentially served as a company union, completely subservient to the bosses and has been, you know, the main force that these independent unions have been fighting against. And so, those unions have done nothing to protect the workers' rights and actually make sure that they're get, just getting paid what they're legally mandated to. And so since that has continued to happen, but now there's these independent unions. So workers reached out to Cyndia, the Internet, the Independent National Democratic Union of Agricultural Day Laborers, to try and get the money that they're just owed by law. And so... Cindy sent organizers to work with the laborers, find out what was going on. They found that workers were being paid what they were told was their end-year profit-sharing bonus of a big old $2.
1: Wow. (laughs) Crazy to believe that the company only made... Uh, what is the $20?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's divided amongst the workforce, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it still, it wouldn't make any, yeah, it makes no sense. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, look, these, I mean, the workers are just like, clearly they're not fooled by that. They're like $2. (laughs) That's not the amount that you were supposed to pay us. Even with the, like, not be having access to the company's books. I think they, it was pretty obvious to them that that was not the, legally mandated amount sure and so they reached out to Cynthia, and they with the help of the organizers from there they were able to organize these berry pickers at this farm rancho nuevo produce and actually to hold work stoppages to demand that they get these payments and one of the things that i found really interesting about this story and this came out uh, came from labor notes you know as always one of the best sources out there but one of the things that they pointed out that is just so emblematic of the way like agricultural products work in, in in like the U.S. and then like you know companies that sell to the U.S. is that these same farms, which are refusing to pay their workers. Are part of what's called the Equitable Food Initiative, wherein the companies in the US that buy their products then slap a label on them that say responsibly grown farm worker assured, as a like PR campaign to try and assuage anybody's concerns of like, how come I can buy strawberries for like a dollar in the middle of December? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and obviously these these labels are a lie almost every single time when it comes to any sort of like, you know, more even more ethical, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, any level of ethicality under this capital system is is questionable at best. And uh, but these ones are even just more on their face lies in the idea that like these workers are being they have rampant wage theft. They are not being given the bonuses that are legally required, uh, and and just to say, oh no, these foods are good. Like, with, trust me, the work yeah. the workers themselves approved these. Uh, just absolute on its face lie.
0: Yeah, it's gross. Um, and and this like the workers at Rancho Nuevo or were in exactly the situation we described because they had been organized into a union, uh, mm-hmm. Sintoyak, uh which was the local CTM affiliate. But the CTM bosses, like when the workers came to them, were like, hey, we're not getting paid the bonuses they owe. They're like, ah, don't worry about it, Ooh, whatever. It, it's, it's actually fine, and they did nothing to help them. And so thankfully, now that there's a union that's actually made up of workers and not just basically serving as an HR like enforcement department for the, the companies, the workers have been able to actually organize work stoppages and stand up in spite of the lack of help from the CTM and they actually were able to get help from the the new union to force the state government of Baja California to set up a commission to ensure that workers were actually getting paid and force them to actually send out state inspectors to these farms to check out what was going on to go into the company's books and actually see what was happening and so after this second set of protests at the end of June workers actually started getting paid more and they started protesting about other things as well Mm -hmm. because that's one of the things that you know we see so many times when workers start to actually build that class consciousness that you st- one struggle leads to another.
1: Yeah, and- it's crazy what having like an actually rank and file or even union that just listens to the workers at all will get right. you uh, because another big thing that they're fighting against which is another like the $2 year end bonus isn't crazy enough. They also get fired at the end of every year and mm-hmm. rehired during the next season so they can be classified as temp workers which ticks every like labor career crime box you can imagine like it's wage theft it's uh misclassification it's fire and rehire it's it's a, it's every bad fucking thing it's probably
0: fraud but probably
2: <laughs> yeah and i mean one of the main things that this does is it just basically makes it so that no worker can accrue any level of seniority mm-hmm. and they don't, they they end up not having any protections even if there was a, a contract that was organize, or that was uh fought for by the old union. I mean, if there was any level of seniority that would provide any protection, none of these workers can gather that seniority in the first place.
0: Yeah. And so following these protests, these strikes and the pressure from Sindhya and the organized workers, a bunch of these companies have now been actually forced to pay the real Mandated year-end bonuses. So, like, one, Rancho Agricola uh, Vijose had to pay their workers not $2, but $100, which I know may not sound like a ton, but, like, again, you have to consider the di- the exchange rate and, like, the different cost of living. I mean, just think and about it like
1: this. That's a 50X increase. <laughs> <Right>. It's big.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. and And so yeah, that's the sort of thing that the, that you can actually win when the workers are organized, exactly like what you're saying, a 50 times increase. And so the, the union has promised that they're going to, you know, stay engaged with the workers, keep fighting to ensure quote, better working conditions, better salaries, better benefits, and incorporation into the Mexican Institute of social security among other rights.
1: That's awesome. It's nice to hear that they're not just going to stop at securing things that the workers are legally entitled to anyway, (laughs) not trying to throw shade at the union or anything. seems like they're doing a really really good job but it just uh, it sucks and is also kind of funny that like sometimes the first things you have to do are like well you're legally entitled to this so jot that down like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's ridiculous but it's this is i think one of the mo- more encouraging labor stories that we've been mm-hmm. covering this year is just the explosion of democratic worker controlled unions in mexico and them spreading industry to industry like that's so good to see because that's going to forge that like real like tip of the spear of the class struggle there which could really drastically improve the conditions for workers across the country yeah i mean we get
1: giddy about the the retail union energy here in the united states but i mean agricultural workers are like far and away some of the most overexploited i don't know if the situation in mexico is quite the same as it is in the u.s but i can't imagine it's terribly different given how much control our companies exert over the economy of the whole fucking continent
0: yeah for sure
2: yeah, well, and to, to speaking of that, uh, we can go <laughs> <Yes>. to... <Yep. laughs> We can move to a, uh, you know, a little country that uh, has a bit of a history with United States and imperialism, uh, Panama, mm. where thousands of workers have taken to the streets back on July 1st. And this is also a little bit of a, a note on how much shit is happening right now. And yeah. it's currently the 11th and we're now getting to uh, an act, a, a, basically a national strike that happened on July 1st to protest the massive surge of cost of living in the country and the refusal of the government. Government to do anything about it. And the strike was organized by a broad group of social movements and unions, including the National Front uh, for the Defense of Economic and Social Rights, uh, or how? Frenadeso? Frenadeso. And the Single Union of Construction Workers, SunTracks. Uh, protesters have staged mass marches in the capital and blocked key roadways across the country. Uh, that is honestly fucking cool. Uh, to to <laughs> yeah. to, to, to like realize. Would, I mean, obviously there are lots of places around the world who are experiencing these extreme economic uh, economic downturns. Uh, you know, partially due to the pandemic, but also mostly due to overexploitation. And to say to see all of these labor struggles coming out around the world is really heartening to to especially people like us who uh know that this is how we actually get. Some of our rights back in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is yet another indicator that we are living through a global capitalist crisis right now because, I mean, we just talked about the national strike that went on in, in Ecuador for two and a half weeks over very similar demands. Uh, there's been a national strike that just happened in Uruguay for similar reasons. Like, this is spreading because, like, the the global imposition of neoliberal austerity politics has brought us to this point where, like, the global capitalist system cannot provide... A livable situation for the vast majority of the people of the world, and sure. so like the stuff that you're hearing from the demands in Panama are the same demands that you we heard in in Ecuador. They're similar to the demands in Uruguay. They're similar to demands we heard in Sri Lanka. Yeah. It's you know workers saying that, you know, that they, they want a price freeze on fuel, food, medicine, and other basic essentials because nobody in the country can afford to buy them. They, yep. They're asking for an increase in salaries and pensions, state actions to repair and renovate schools, roads, and other public infrastructure. You know, the stuff that a government is supposed to do, theoretically. Well,
1: look, this is a government that is basically a client state of the US <laughs> and is surrounded on each side by other client states of the US u.s yes. colombia and costa rica and so uh the u.s's well, I mean, economic decision
2: election it's slightly different now slightly yes. different. well
1: and if you you keep going a, a country in either direction you get venezuela and nicaragua which are pretty cool but <laughs> um, yeah sorry i didn't mean th- to interrupt you the, but the u.s is like like total mismanagement of its economy total uh totally imperial resource extraction from around the world when faced with the capitalist crises that are happening in late mid COVID, I don't know how to describe it. And the Ukraine crisis, like these places that are basically like remote, uh, client States of the United States are, are seeing the worst inflation of almost anywhere in the world. I believe Mm -hmm. like it's incredibly rapid. Their, their prices went from like, went from like Oklahoma to Alaska in I think a few months. Like,
0: (laughs) Yeah and one of the things though that i really liked i thought was really great about the demands that that the workers in panama were presenting is that similar to the indigenous led movement in ecuador it includes like both anti-imperialist and like uh you know pro-indigenous planks mm-hmm. in, in their demands too like specifically the re- calling for the removal of us military bases from the country which Hell that yeah. rocks Um, and like measures to fight corruption within the current government, I probably wouldn't hold my breath for those to get passed. but, uh, but also importantly policies to ensure the rights of indigenous communities who have of course, you know, been oppressed over the past, you know, several centuries. And, and so like specifically they, they said that like, they've presented these demands to the government multiple times and the government just told them. We can't do anything about any of this. (laughs) It's just like, what the fuck is the purpose of you existing? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, We're in power, but we're also not in power. Uh, You know, just uh, make
0: sure to vote, folks. Get out there and vote. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Joe Biden school of politicking, it's its maddening. And I mean, they even put out, like, in their statement, they said that the government is focused on, quote, recovery of only the rate of profit and the protection of capital, end quote, which, like... Correct, but yeah. also like that's some advanced ass analysis. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's hard not to be economically uh uh intuitive about this when you live in a country that's like one of the biggest logistics hubs in the entire yeah. world, like how m- how much resources and goods and capital passes through that canal every year. It's insane.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so like Frenadeso, like one of the major groups that is was organizing the strike, put out a statement saying the Panamanian people have taken to the streets to demand effective solutions for the collective good, while the government of Cortizo continues to put the country in further debt, making Panama, according to Bloomberg, one of the most indebted in the continent, mm-hmm. and. Unsurprisingly, the government has responded to the strike with severe police repression, including arresting several of the protest leaders. But so far, that mostly seems to have backfired because it has led to more groups joining the national strike. Like uh, ASAPROF, which is like the little shorthand for the Association of Teachers of Panama, uh, basically the big education union in the country, joined the strike over this weekend from July 7th to the 9th and added you know their own additional set of demands to the the national ones and so like seeing this mobilization of the working class really across the hemisphere is really points to just the the fact that like the the current global capitalist order is not sustainable like we we cannot keep running countries like this <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it, the the global capitalist order is like a bit threadbare at this point, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not like the the contradictions are starting to happen. It's like the contradictions are getting a bit wrapped up. Like it's it's almost time to go out to the car and beat the crowd out of the theater. Like,
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it, it's just there's so many like crises happening at once it's just pushing everything to the breaking mm-hmm. point so great to see the people of panama rising up just as well as either the people of sri lanka the people of ecuador the people of uruguay like it's great stuff and i and and like the other thing that i think is different than so many of the other crises we've seen in the past is with perhaps the exception of sri lanka and again i'm not an expert on that one but like most of these have had pretty explicitly like left wing pro working class demands, not just like solve the immediate crisis but like fix this system so this shit doesn't happen again, <laughs> yeah, I think
2: that that's one of the things where i I speak with different uh people who are concerned about like where do we look for the way that uh, socialism is going to uh, kind of show itself in our modern time, and it's very much so in Central and like, basically just Latin America. Mm-hmm. I think that the struggles that we're seeing there are some of the greatest examples of organizing workers in a way that is actually effective against imperialism and all of the many oppressive capitalist forces that are out there. And so I think that really keeping an eye on all of these different struggles, I mean, Colombia literally got a, like, I guess, maybe social democratic at least, uh, but it's slight like, a more left wing uh government for like the first time ever almost. Mm-hmm. I mean like yeah, I think there's much. maybe one other very small example but the, And well basically there's also Chile Wild
1: yeah, Chile did the exact same thing, and then like you can actually start listing real socialists once you're done examining those situations. Right. Like Latin America's right. kind of popping off. A little bit of Bolivarian Revolution Part Two Electric you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <The> hell
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean if 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 like the Brazilian people manage to get Bolsonaro out of power at the end of this year, like the US's explicit, explicit clients in the region are gonna be down to like Bukele and el salvador and lasso in ecuador yeah. <laughs> and like maybe that's it, <laughs> it yeah well we, wild.
2: we hope that uh the people of latin america are able to stomp out these right-wing uh assholes and and end the rule of U. the u.s as a global hegemon especially in south and central america But to head on back to the United States, we're going to be moving to a a continuation on the REI union, but this time over in Berkeley, where the workers have formed a union and are currently, I think they filed, right? Yes. Yes. So, uh few weeks ago on june 21st the workers of uh, rei in berkeley filed to become the second unionized store at the company after the nyc soho location had unionized earlier this year where uh they had the soho location affiliated with rwdsu the workers at berkeley have associated with ufcw local four and uh honestly we love to see it and uh i think that there's also i mean i don't uh, I always want to skip ahead to the end where I, I find the most <laughs> interesting thing, but I think we'll—I'll save the 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 company union for uh for once we get through some of this stuff.
0: I think it's UFCW Local Five, just five. Uh, oh, four. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But five. um,
2: I tr- I did it from memory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's close enough. But like the. So the workers at the the store in Berkeley were inspired like very much by the success of the Soho Union Drive and are fighting to have really like we've heard from so many other workers to have a real voice in how their stores run. And one of the major issues that I saw the workers bring up in some of the articles I was looking for about this um, is that they are really fighting to deal with the fact that their management generally is not very responsive when workers raise issues. Like, for instance, they have said that there have been problems of racist, misogynist, homophobic incidents at the store, which just get minimized by management. Like, uh, Marco Santos, a worker at the store, was quoted as saying, they kind of just say sorry, and then nothing really happens. Things tend to happen again and again. We are definitely fighting for more accountability, end quote. And, like, yeah, that sounds like, I mean... Listener, you can probably relate to that yeah. sort of a work environment.
2: Especially if you're a Starbucks worker. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's something you, uh... that I've talked about a million times is how they basically were like, oh, yeah, we gave them a stern talking to and then they had not done that and then nothing <laughs> happens.
1: Or yeah. many um, uh, workplaces I see this a lot in in the news as well are like breweries like founders right mm. by here had like a string of incidents where it's like managers were throwing around racial slurs and uh, making sexual harassment, quote unquote, jokes, you know, on a daily basis. Right. And it's just jokes like, are
2: supposed to be funny.
1: Yeah. Well, and also like maybe don't put like middle aged beer dudes in charge of a business <laughs> that employs people who need to work to live. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And so like in their letter to management announcing the union, the workers explained, quote, we want to be a part of developing the agreements that impact every aspect of our working lives. We don't want, just want to be heard. We want to be active stewards of our store alongside you, end quote. And it's like, yeah absolutely you guys are the ones putting in all the work you guys are the ones making that store possible i mean it's the the whole standard or like setup where the workers have absolutely no say in how everything happens it doesn't make any damn sense yeah like, well
1: i i love the turn of phrase we don't just want to be heard because being heard yes. doesn't get a damn thing done
0: <laughs> well yeah. and especially since this is the company that responded to the first union drive by putting out a like the the woke anti-union podcast right. with, with <laughs> land acknowledgments and the whole we we hear you we see you please don't form a union spiel <laughs> frankly incredible
2: do not perceive and, me only let <laughs> me have power and
0: then of course the so of course the REI folks, they got that letter and they responded and they volunteer. Oh, wait, nope, checking my notes. That's not what happened. Ah, damn. They put out a really condescending flyer on the workers' cars. I love the fact that they didn't hand them out to them directly because that might, you know, require some amount of confrontation. So they just passively, aggressively stuck them on workers' cars. Oh, great,
1: an anti-union <laughs> flyer in my windshield. Why not just egg the fucking thing, you
0: psycho? <laughs> and, and like, it's got a, all the standard bullshit in it. But the, the, the thing that, like, just stuck out to me. I mean, first off, they're really ugly flyers. Terrible graphic design, and like, also, it's it opens with quote. Did you ask the company what you wanted before deciding that a union was a better option to get what you want? Yo,
2: fuck yeah. <laughs> we, it's literally every single day when people go to management. It's like, hey, I have a problem, and then it's not addressed. That is literally them doing that. And, like, the idea that the workers had not already come, I mean, like, that's why all of these struggles are in self-defense to basically protect from what they've already seen are problems.
1: Yeah, it's just such a fucking useless statement. It may as well say like, "Hey, workers, did you wipe before you shat?" Like, <laughs> what? Well, it's,
0: it's also just so patronizing because the tone of it to me just sounds like 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 when you're like a kid and like they'd be like, "Did you ask your mother before you did right, that?" Right, what? right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then in in, spe- in continuing the patronization, they have created this way forward that includes a. Co-op Compass Group, which is a you know supposed to be like a the workers on a little board to talk with labor, which is as far as I can tell a company union, which is illegal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it it, it seems to be advertised as like a labor management like relations board or whatever, but it. functionally, I don't really know what the difference between this is and a company union. Like it, 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 appears that it's basically being set up as like as close as you can get to being explicitly a company union mm-hmm. while still being legally protected from being called out as a company. Union. Right. And then
1: at the end of the meeting, they try to sell you Tupperware or candles or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's all of this is cause they're like, Oh, we're launching our way forward initiative. It's going to be great. We're going to give you guys better wages and benefits. It's like, damn, it's wild how this came out immediately after the workers filed for union yeah just looking (laughs) at that like huh,
1: what kind of caused that (laughs) we should do whatever (laughs) caused that again yeah
2: exactly well their election is slated for july 27th and the organizers of the union say that they have a strong majority of the 120 worker uh workforce at the store except for that damn ithaca manager (laughs) (laughs) so uh all all power to these folks and we very much so look forward to covering it further Mm -hmm. and uh speaking of covering things further uh if you (laughs) are a patron or even if you'd listen to the long preview that we made of the interview that we did of the kentucky uh worker who was organizing at the uh amazon facility the amazon warehouse in kentucky uh we actually have more unions forming in solidarity and in part with the alu this one in albany
0: yeah so this this is a like really wild story so like, like last week we went from one alu facility to now three because yeah you've got the workers in kentucky and now workers at this facility in I don't know if it's Shodak or Skodak. (laughs) Never Um,
1: change, New York. I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so it's this small town just outside Albany, so I'm considering it basically a suburb. And the workers there are fighting all the same horrible shit we hear about from from Amazon workers all the time. This is a relatively new facility. It opened less than two years ago. And Heather Goodall, who's one of the, the lead organizers of the union push at this facility... Uh, said that one of like, as with so many of the drives we've talked about, the organizing push at this warehouse began when the company botched its response to COVID. Like, she told uh, Strikewave in an interview, quote, I myself went down with COVID-19 for two weeks. I noticed some discrepancies in the claims that Amazon had filed due to COVID-19 in addition to how they were paying. I discovered that several employees were not paid at all or were paid partially. When I returned from my COVID-19 episode, I saw a sign that read, no more COVID-19 pay, no more excuses. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't... I mean, I I don't know that I've seen this before, where you have, like, management just openly taunting people for getting a deadly disease. Yeah,
1: like, no more COVID-19 pay, no more excuses. That's, like, the more heightened, insane version of, like, a doctor's note isn't good enough anymore. Yeah, like,
2: which they already I mean, weren't accepting. Yeah, they weren't accepting doctor's notes. Right. Uh in you know basically and this is just them doubling down on that in particular but uh i mean this is also in the face of amazon's extremely high injury rate and uh it's basically enforced culture of overwork which has driven workers to basically need this union D- on top of the, the many other issues, I mean, Goodall explained, when Amazon came to this town, I was excited for the opportunity for our community, maybe even for my children. I had several friends who worked there, and they had bruises all over them, o- o- on them over all the time i asked what was going on and i learned that people were getting injured at work and i mean amazon amazon warehouses have the highest rate of injuries mm-hmm. of any warehouse work in the united states that is just unacceptable and they're this one of the things that the unions are going to be pushing to hopefully slow down some of this work and make it a lot safer for people i mean when we covered uh, with matt on the interview he was saying that uh that the people were the things were stacked in a point where like people are getting injured just trying to open up bins so
1: Right. Well, and then you also see uh, a practice we talked about once already on this episode, which is just firing and rehiring people all the time. But in this case, it's because Amazon has a process where they automatically fire workers via algorithm, which is something I think we explained uh, like a few dozen episodes back, like why that's just Never, ever works well and is totally discriminatory against uh, workers, especially minorities. But then you have this one worker, Ali Kaplan, who uh, has said that he's been fired and rehired twice since starting at the facility less than a year ago. So this is like every six months at the most, he's getting fired and rehired. Uh, And it says when he was in a car accident and ended up in the hospital, he accrued 80 hours of, quote, negative unpaid time off, incredibly opaque term, uh, and was fired. And then a similar issue came up when the company labeled time that he had arranged to have off in order to accommodate his school schedule as negative unpaid time off, big air quotes again, and fired him only to eventually rehire him again after he spoke with them about it, which is like... (laughs)
2: Going to school is now against the rules for your job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we made this black box that hates workers, and it told us to fire you, so we did. Come talk to us (laughs) if you need a job. Like, what is that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it honestly, it's this the arrangement with the way that they handle this with an algorithm. Just it reminds me so much of if anybody's seen Terry Gilliam's movie Brazil. Yes, like uh, there's so many aspects of that like dystopian bureaucracy that's in there that just. Is basically exactly the Amazon environment, and as like uh, Kaplan was saying, like after going through all this, like with the horrible pay, the long hours, being f- fired for getting in a car accident, and then also getting fired for going to school, <laughs> like uh, he 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 mentioned, just you know seeing the what the ALU was doing in Staten Island, saying. Quote, I'm on Twitter and I see other unionization efforts like Staten Island and the work at the Starbucks locations. I'm seeing people who are happy with their jobs. I want to be like that too. End
1: quote. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, what a relatable statement.
2: <laughs> I would love Damn. to be happy during a third of my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
1: crazy. You you get the pitch from so many people. They're like, you know, you spend a third of your life sleeping. Why not have a nice bed? And it's like, you know what? I spend a third of my life doing that's way shittier than sleeping in the bed. I have <laughs> going to <laughs> the yeah. job. I have.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so like this week, the workers who are organizing at the, the facility announced that they are going to be affiliating with the ALU and they will be holding a community rally this Sunday, July 17th. And so, you know, they're encouraging folks who are in the Albany area to come out, support them at the rally, show the workers that the community supports the union drive. And so, like, uh, Goodall explained to folks that they are very confident they will be able to build the critical mass of solidarity that they need to win their union, saying, quote, the more people we get, the better. We're ready to hit Amazon, and they're eventually going to have to concede.
1: (laughs) That's right. With that attitude, I think you will succeed. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right.
0: I mean, the thing is, though, that's the level of confidence that before the ALU's win in Staten Island, we were seeing that all the time. And I was skeptical about it. And now I'm like, no, that's the attitude you got to have. That is the absolute right attitude to approach this with. So I think this is very exciting. Union
1: organizing is one of the only cases where I am an unironic rise and grinder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Always with the chant. I believe that we will win. That's Mm -hmm. right. And so. It's, folks, it's work stoppage, it's coming to the end of the news, and that means it's time to talk about the Starbucks Workers United movement. And as usual, we've got a mix of bullshit that the company's doing combined with a bunch of awesome stuff that the union is doing, so just to start out, um, just letting folks know, I'm going to be putting a GoFundMe link in the show notes because workers at the College Ave store in Ithaca, that's the store with the maggoty grease trap, that rather than fixing the problems at the store, once they unionize Starbucks used that as an excuse to close the store and force the workers out of their jobs. And so they have been protesting ever since that happened but since it's been about a month now, they have unfortunately exhausted pretty much all of their relief funds and so the workers who are still out of a job there and are still fighting to get their jobs back even if it's just at like a nearer store than what Starbucks is offering are really hoping that they can get you know just some solidarity from folks so I'm definitely going to throw the link there in the show notes and if anybody can help them out that would be greatly appreciated and of course for some reason <laughs> despite all of these tactics continuing to fail Starbucks is continuing their illegal union busting campaign of firing workers for organizing so For instance, as an example, we've got a worker at the recently unionized Dip Mars Boulevard store in Astoria in Queens. This is Austin Locke, who was fired in retaliation for being one of the main organizers at the store. Just five days after winning their union, management fired him and had the police escort him out of the store. And what? the company claims that they fired him because he, quote, made a false claim of workplace violence and violated Starbucks health and safety standards, which um, I don't believe you. Yeah, Starbucks?
1: that just smells like a lie. He did both of those things at the same time. I can't think of an action that would do both those things.
0: What? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean it's as always, Starbucks just making up transparent bullshit to justify illegal retaliatory firings. Uh they keep doing this and they don't seem to be getting any better at it because like I keep thinking they're gonna come up with an excuse that might be even slightly more believable, and yet it's just this shit over and over again. Um so I know workers at the that store are calling for folks to uh you know picket there in solidarity. So if you are in Queens or New York City. Definitely, you know, show some solidarity. And then in Denver, there has been a purge at multiple locations uh, at three stores that have successfully unionized where they have fired nine worker organizers over the last couple months. Like one of the workers, Hannah, explained... They were clearly trying to get me out of there because I was the most vocal about unionizing and encouraging others to be pro-union. They do not care about their workers. They call us partners. They treat us like garbage when we asked for the teensiest bit more.
1: Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, and I mean, mean, this this fucking company will fire you for anything. So one of the workers, uh, Monique McGeorge, who was fired in the Denver area, uh, had been working at the store for over a year without a single write-up. This is a story we've heard from Starbucks stores before. And then when she did eventually get one single write-up while she was working the drive-through, on a day when Starbucks purposefully short-staffed the store specifically to target her for termination... Uh, She says, quote, when they gave it to me, I just laughed at him. I said, you guys are really cleaning house, aren't you? Because it was pathetic. It's like, these workers aren't dumb. They know what's fucking happening. Oh, my gosh.
2: (laughs) I mean, like, and I've told this story a ton of times. I mean, when they wanted to get rid of me, they literally put me on an impossible shift and Mm -hmm. then said that they had to bring in a worker for uh, a whole eight hours to clean up the shift after me and wrote me up for it. And I'm like, wait, you're telling me that you understaffed me by an eight-hour like, worker's worth of shift. Like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it just... They're still using the same tactics, but, like, despite that, you know, now that there's... Over 190 unionized stores, as we've you know reported over the last several weeks, of so workers are fighting back with strikes at multiple stores across the country. Like on Friday, July 8th, workers at the Delaware Ave store in Buffalo went on strike in protest of the company's continued refusal to bargain with their union and for continuing to purposefully understaff the store to overwork the existing employees. And the day after, workers at the Elmwood Ave store in Buffalo, which was the first store – in the country to unionize, they shut their store down for a day in protest of the company's retaliation and for slashing workers' hours, which, as we've reported, not only forces the workers to operate critically understaffed, if they get cut below 20 hours a week, it cuts off their benefits. Mm-hmm. So. You know, workers are not sitting around waiting for the NLRB to do its job, which, of course, we hope they do. But they are actually taking the power into their own hands and fighting back, which is always really good to see. So, I mean, we try and cover the strikes on here. I try and post as many of them that I can see into our Discord. But, you know, if you live near any of these unionized Starbucks, you're probably going to see a strike. And, and I definitely recommend, like, just, you know, keep your ear to the ground about those so that when they happen, you can go, you know, show the workers your solidarity.
2: Yeah, and Absolutely. also make sure to sign the no uh, contract, no coffee pledge, which yes. you can find on their Twitter page. It's probably—I'm guessing—it's pinned at the top. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, in better news, we actually have more unionized Starbucks, including ones in Canada. Where uh, workers in British Columbia at the Langley Valley Center store have won their union drive and joined the steel workers on Thursday, July 7th. The workers won their union through Canada's card check system, where once they had 55% of the workers sign on to the union, the company was forced to recognize it. Holy shit, I wish we had (laughs) even something like that.
1: I'm terrible. Fifty-five so- is, percent
2: is is I. I mean, obviously, that's uh, still slightly anti-democratic. But you know, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll take, we can get it at this point.
1: I, I would take it. I am so fucking sick of looking across the northern border at a country that is also shitty and exploitative, and thinking, "Wow, I would kill someone for that bare minimum shit they do over there."
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, they have healthcare that's not as good as places with actually socialized medicine but it's a hell of a lot better than whatever the fuck we have here. Right. And it's like, and yeah, their card check is, as you said, Lena, not really very democratic. Cause it's not 50% plus one, which it should be. And is instead 55%. But again, hell of a lot better than the mess we've got here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, great to see the Starbucks movement, like, actually inspiring folks across the border too. So I, I believe that makes them the third unionized store in British Columbia, which is pretty rad. Um, so good on the, the steel workers for helping folks out there. And of course, you know- there wouldn't be a week without more wins in this country. So on, there there was a a few less wins this week, I think largely because there was the three day weekend with the fourth, but on Wednesday, July 6th, workers in Bellingham, Washington and Tucson, Arizona won their unions. And then on Thursday, Valley park, Missouri was yet added yet another unionized store to all the growing list of successfully unionized stores in the South. And then on Friday, we got another win in Portland, which is quite, Quickly becoming one of the most like densely unionized, uh, st- cities of Starbucks. And when the Clackamas C- crossing store voted unanimously 16 to nothing for their union, which brings Portland to a 13 to zero, uh, like rate of victory in their elections so far. Wow. Portland
1: which- sounds pretty cool. I've never been, <laughs> but it feels like Fred Armisen might've given them a bad rap on purpose <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and now we are, I believe, although this is a, this number becomes more and more difficult to pin down, I believe we are now at 191 unionized Starbucks. So maybe this week we might hit 200. Very excited to see that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
2: I'm be- yeah, I'm very excited for all of that. And I hope that you are excited for the meme review, where <laughs> we have my favorite cyanide and happiness uh thing besides the the classic uh uh you can't play video games at work and then he uh says hold on i gotta fight this boss and he gets up and turns (laughs) around and punches his boss in the face that's my (laughs) that's my favorite one but this one is coming in at a close second where it's the um job interview one where it's a guy sitting in the chair to across from like obviously some sort of executive or whatever this is uh, and I, the the person is a worker this time with a bunch of stickers on their hat, their hard hat, saying. Uh or I should say, the boss is saying uh, this proposal is too expensive. The pay increase alone is over budget. And then the worker says, "You'll have zero fucking budget when we fucking walk." And then the <laughs> boss immediately goes, "Where do I sign?" And then in the <laughs> next panel, they're shaking hands. <laughs> yeah, I just this love is one the of the better of
0: ed- edits that I've seen. I think this is like a, a millennial union thugs like modification of that that original from Cyanide and Happiness. But <laughs> oh man, so good. I mean. Continuing the, like, cats in hard hats trend of, you know, if you just put hard hats into these, you'll probably make your memes better. Yeah.
1: That's true. <laughs> Everyone loves a hard hat or at least a nice bump cap. Nothing wrong with a bump That's right. cap.
0: <laughs> so for our next one, this, this is just, like, this is not a constructed meme. This is just a picture from real life <laughs> where... I I don't know if this is a supermarket or a convenience store. I can't really tell. It kind of looks like um, a
1: Subway, but the logo is kind of wrong.
0: Yeah, it's and it's not the same yellow. I don't think. Oh, you're right. It's Subway, more of a lime green
1: situation. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's a it's a sticker on like the door into the the place, and it's just got a picture of a person on a green background. It says now hiring happy people, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just captioned. Discrimination like this is why I'm unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is a gas station, oh yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what it it's is
2: It's probably yeah. one of those
1: lesser lesser known gas stations like a Merle booze or a Loves <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure <laughs>
2: uh and then this next one is uh in international news, we might have heard oh. and. Uh, <laughs> of an assassination of a fascist uh, leader, a former fascist leader of Japan, uh, <laughs> Shinzo Abe, where people this were is just
1: saying. A- People were saying he got hit with a code name "Kids Next Door" weapon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and this is just a photo of the assassin uh, dropping the weapon, and it says, uh, "For for a stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip," which is actually this is a Fallout New Vegas reference, I believe. And <laughs> uh, and I and the weapon seriously looks like the Fallout Four laser gun. Uh, uh. Is, and. Uh, I, I mean, I've been playing... I actually did start a New Vegas uh, game up recently because I'm following the great trans tradition of replaying Fallout New <laughs> Wait, Vegas.
1: Wait, is this a lyric from the song Big Iron yes. by Marty yes. Robbins? Yes, it is. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I never played any of the Fallout games, but I do know the song Big Iron. <laughs> yeah, my, uh,
2: my my friend says that that uh, story is actually about a piece of shit fascist. But, uh But I mean, I also hear that the assassin was not any... Particularly good person ideologically, anyway. But you know, we take assassinations of fascists either way. Uh,
0: <laughs> then, well, it, it was it was very much one of those like, oh man, did you hear Shinzo Abe got killed? Anyway, anyway,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I kept thinking to myself like he wasn't still in power was he no. like yeah. you're a little late bud i'm just saying
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i know mean, yeah that 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 shit was crazy i mean the one that they pulled out of his apartment that like, had like nine barrels on it
1: i was reading a bunch of comments from that bootleg guns bazaar of bizarre guns page because it's <laughs> just everyone who follows that page is like uh one of those gun nuts who like p- posts classified documents and forums to prove their are right in an <laughs> yeah, argument yeah. yeah like, And so there was a lot of really good information and everyone was like, besides trying to figure out exactly how he made the powder that he used, uh, we're, we're pretty sure that he just cobbled this shit together in his garage, which anyone with a a high school, you know, uh, education could basically do. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it, it's it, it was a very it was a very wild day on Twitter. I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yeah. say that yeah. the,
2: the meme game was strong, but you know, still whatever. It <laughs> was we'll the
1: wildest next... day since uh, I would say since Jeffrey Epstein died, probably.
0: Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. yeah, but so our next one is just a Twitter exchange. So you've got this tweet from the Economist plugging their recent article decrying the new uh, People's <laughs> Constitution in Chile, saying. Uh, the, so the article is titled "Voters Should Reject Chile's New Draft Constitution," and then its caption: "It is a woke and fiscally irresponsible mess." <laughs> and then, so at in these deserts, whose I guess screen name at the time was Monsieur Le Wokisme. <laughs> Responded with If you guys want to reach Chileans who care a lot about the economist's opinion, you should publish this article in German. Boom! Fucking Ethered! (laughs) Fucking
1: destroy!
0: Like when I saw this for the
1: first time, I was like, Why doesn't Twitter let you retweet something five times?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. It's just so fucking funny. I, I love that so much. And then to end this meme review, we've got one more. With this boss coming up to a worker who's about to put their hat on and leave and says oh before you leave something came up and then the worker holds the pieces of paper saying oh yeah I see the problem and then says but my shift is over I'll fix it on Monday and the the, the last panel is the boss like steaming red and the, the worker is just holding up deuces just two key two symbols <laughs> and fading into the distance
1: Yeah which is a, which is a popular meme I think it's usually a guy hunched over and you can just see his face and he holds of the two and he just pieces out of there Which yeah. was even funnier when it was Paired up with saved the world My final message goodbye <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I mean that's the thing folks This is what you can have if you have a union Mm -hmm. where you actually have a prescribed by contract work shift when your boss is like, oh, hey, this thing came up. I need to fix it. You just be like, damn, sounds like a you problem. Peace.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unlike what I do at work, I don't have a union, so I just have to memorize my boss's schedule so I can avoid him like (laughs) like a stealth (laughs) video game. (laughs) 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 It's really um, good if you get good at it, but it's a trouble I shouldn't have to go through. <laughs> I'm just imagining
0: like you trying to like very slowly and sneakily go up to a time clock to punch out and your boss coming around the corner and then like the alert noise from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Pops
2: <laughs> up. yeah, or I mean even the classic office space where he's like trying to get all his shit done to get out of there on time and then somehow his boss still just magically appears and fucking ah yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on <laughs> Yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think-
2: well, with that, we are going to end the episode. We want to thank you all for listening and if you'd like to help us out more, write us a review or share our podcasts you know anywhere that you find it appropriate. Uh, or even inappropriate, you know. Start an argument with our show. People like to argue about the things
0: we post. Uh- if we post something on Facebook and it blows up, and a bunch of weird capitalists get in the comments, feel free to jump in there and make fun of them. Get, get yeah. into an
1: argument with some guys on the internet about a tank video game, and then post an episode of our podcast labeled "Classified Tank Document .pdf." <laughs>
2: Yes, do that. Yeah, and uh, to show us all the cool things that you've done in this way, jump in the Discord and post in any of the channels. We've got, you know, so you can post solidarity funds in the general channel. We've got a really active worker news channel, and there's even just some fun memes in there. Uh, If you'd like to support our show more directly with some money, you can go to patreon.com slash workstoppage. You also get access to our overtime episodes, our shop floor discussions, and the interview that we did with the Kentucky Amazon worker uh, and then also follow john on twitter at facebook villain follow the pod at work stoppage pod and uh, listen to be people lettuce us listen to red game table and as always labor peace is not in our interest and solidarity forever
1: solidarity people
0: solidarity everybody There's a kid.